I have always been fascinated hearing people express all kinds of wisdom and admonitions through proverbs and popular sayings, and marveling at how it was possible to say such profound things in a pithy way. I also wanted to know who was the first person who came up with such ideas, knowing, of course, that this is impossible, but I wanted to. One of the pastimes I shared with my mother and friends was collecting dichos, or proverbs and sayings. In Colombia, this is like a pastime. We can talk everything in proverbs or in short phrases, and it's a lot of fun. Of course, we don't do that all the time. But I was delighted when I realized that here in the United States, you also have, or we also have, a lot of sayings and proverbs and dichos. And of course, I became very interested in knowing how the dichos that I knew in Colombia will translate into here. Some of them are almost impossible. It's, it's just difficult. But you might try sometimes. It's, it's really fun. One of the first sayings that made a big impression in my child's mind was, Vísteme despacio porque estoy con prisa. Dress me slowly because I am in a hurry. I could not understand the paradox involved in these words until I heard of the circumstances in which it seems to have originated. Some of you might remember the top-to-bottom row of many small buttons in the, on the robes of the bishops. You remember those little buttons? All the way, hundreds of them, I imagine. Well, there was this wise bishop who told his assistants who was helping him button in his robe. Vísteme despacio porque estoy con prisa. Dress me slowly because I am in a hurry. I have to go to say mass. Just imagine missing a button and having to start all over again. This, uh, uh, even now, when I am in a hurry or when I am dressing and I, I say, why I didn't prepare before, I remember the bishop saying, and I start slowing down, because if I made a mistake, then I had to redo the whole thing and start all over, and that's not good. Another helpful aphorism with a similar message to the one I just shared was written on the rear bumper of a truck in Portugal. It said, É melhor perder um minuto na vida que a vida num minuto. It is better to lose a minute in life than life in a minute. So that's really good. So now when I am in a hurry or in the rush traffic or have the impulse of overpassing somebody so I can be ahead and, and arrive where I need to go, I remember it's better to lose a minute in life in this car than my life in a minute or maybe damage somebody's car or have a foolish accident. When I was growing up, my mother encouraged me to combat my procrastination, which had been one of my, my little problems in life, by saying, mira, mijitica querida, no dejes para mañana lo que puedes hacer hoy. Look, my beloved little daughter, do not live for tomorrow what you can do today. Have you heard that one? Of course. Sometimes I would resist, and I think that I was so cute, I would say, do not do today what you can do tomorrow. 
This, of course, was very rude and inconsiderate, and I apologize to her. The meaning of this proverb has come to us from ancient times. Elizabeth just read, do not say to your neighbor, go and come again, tomorrow I will give it, when you have it right now with you. This proverb, besides advising against procrastination, hints of the compassion neighbors should have for each other. As luck would have it, during one of my visits to the Office of Statistics in the state of San Pablo in Brazil, I couldn't help but read a large sign that was in the front or in the top of this door as I was entering the office. And it said in Spanish, which already called my attention because I was in Brazil. And it said, fallar en prepararse es prepararse para fallar. Failing to prepare is preparing to fail. As I understood the meaning, I felt this shock going through my body, and in an instant, I remembered my mother's many admonitions. It felt as if she had somehow conspired with the officials at that office <laughs> to put that sign in front of my very own eyes. The impact on me was stronger because the sign was not in a church or in a school or even in a psychologist's office. No, it was in a government's office. From that day on, little by little, I started to be more conscious of preparing for the next day, for trips, for parties, for life. And I repeated this saying to my children so many times, oh my God, I knocked them, failing to prepare, is preparing to remember, remember. So now when, when we get together, they start mocking me in the worst or possible funniest Colombian accent, failing to prepare, is preparing to fail. So I know it made an impact on them too. <laughs> well, talking about misplacing something, who among us here have not forgotten the keys or go around like looking for them, knowing that if you had put them in the place, <laughs> in the place that they should have been, it would have been easier? Who has not misplaced the checkbook when you need to really Oh, there you go again. <laughs> so remember, my mother used to say also. Mijitica, a place for each thing and each thing in his own place. Well, this uh, I know is a favorite of concerned parents, teachers, and some partners. Tired of the same promises to eliminate procrastination and to be ready and better organized in my life, I decided that I needed to apply to myself the proverb, charity begins at home. I started by examining more carefully the consequences of procrastination and lack of organization. I asked it many times, what is so appealing in being disgusted with myself when I let myself down on many occasions by my own actions? Why suffer frustration and anger and shame and having to apologize for things that I can prevent but not preparing <clears throat> by preparing in advance at my own pace? What is so great about building unhealthy pressure? Why be my own enemy and the cause of my own suffering? I mean, what is so appealing about that? I can say with some healthy pride, well, today probably my, my husband and my friends can attest that I was not as perfect as I pretend to be. 
Um, I had, I, I, like, I still can say with some healthy pride that I had made many, many advances in this regard. Those who have lived in Latin American countries can appreciate the effort that it takes for those growing with that culture to act under the pressure of the Anglo, Anglo culture theme that time is money and where punctuality is paramount. So in San Jose, working with Latinos, I said, we are going to beat this one. We are going to be more punctual than anybody. It took some maybe two years to get there. <laughs> but, but we did it. So I want to confess that I am often amused, even here, when I arrive at meetings or other events with a little time to spare and to see others who are supposed to be the culturally punctual ones arriving late and making the apologies I used to make. To me, it's like, okay, I get it. One time I was complaining because I could not have something I could not afford. And then an acquaintance put my complaint in glaring perspective when she said, I used to cry because I didn't have shoes until I saw somebody that didn't have feet. This saying impacted me so immensely and helped me to think before complaining about my lack of material things. Also, it helped me to realize how fortunate I was and how much compassion one should have for those in worse circumstances than ours. Have you ever heard the truth Everyone you meet is your mirror. Have you? Before I was more courageous and could face my, and could face with honesty my flaws and shortcomings, and sometimes my mean and nasty side of my personality, those words said little to me. Okay, what does it mean that you are my mirror? It was in seminary though that I became more real. One of the first exercises I had to do for my pastoral care class had three parts to it. The first was to center and after clearing my mind, call to it a person I hated the most. No sooner I heard the first part of the assignment than I started doubting that I could complete it at all. I felt clearly that I could not possibly hate somebody. I, the universalist, who was supposed to base all her actions on unconditional love, how can I hate somebody? Impossible. Well, the second part of the assignment was to write what was about the person that made me hate her or him. And the third part was to compare the behavior of, or trait that I hated in that person with my own behavior. The great revelation of that exercise, because it came pretty quickly, was that I really despised this politician in Long Island who was persecuting mercilessly my favorite candidate, candidate for the presidency. He was just adamant, defaming him and doing all kinds of horrible things and inventing things and, and ah, with that seal. And the more he did that, the more I hated him. So I could see how his seal was similar to my seal when I was a Catholic good girl trying to bring souls to the kingdom of Christ. Oh, I was so devoted. 
Rumi, the great Sufi mystic and teacher, poet, born in Balkh, Afghanistan in 1207, said, many of the faults you see in others are your own faults reflected back to you. Actually, you are branding and blaming yourself. Think about that one. Rumi said it long ago. More recently, one of the foremost psychologists of this time, of his time, Carl Gustav Jung, defined the phenomenon described by Rumi as the shadow of the self. He said in his book, um, Man and His Symbols, the shadow cast by the unconscious mind of the individual contains hidden, repressed, and unfavorable aspects of the personality. And he continues, when an individual makes an attempt to see his shadow, he becomes aware of, and parentheses, and often ashamed of, those qualities and impulses he denies in himself, but can plainly see in the other people. Such things as egotism, mental laziness, and sloppiness, and real fantasies, schemes, and plots, carelessness and cowardice, inordinate love of money and possessions. In short, all the little sins about which he might previously have told himself. That doesn't matter. Nobody will notice it. And in any case, other people do it too. Continues, the shadow, however, is not just the simple converse of the conscious ego just as the ego contains unfavorable and destructive attitudes, so the shadow has good qualities, normal instincts and creative impulses. So the shadow is not that bad, but can teach us a lot of things about ourselves. So before we criticize or judge, judge somebody too harshly, we are well advised to pause and examine what is it in us that is reflected in the behavior we hate in the other. It is really interesting to discover that the things that frustrate us in others are the same or very similar versions of those things that frustrate us when we act like them. Following the criteria that everyone you meet is your mirror, one can but paying attention get to know a lot better the people we interact with on a regular basis. And of course us. By listening to their complaints about others, by knowing the reasons why they hate, dislike, or cannot stand somebody, one can get a pretty good perception of those close to us. One of the greatest gifts that my mother gave me was to repeat often particularly when I was facing a dilemma or when I was confused about something or sad or not knowing what to do. She would say, Mijitica querida, el dador de todo bien nunca te fallará o te abandonará. My beloved little daughter, the giver of all gifts will never fail you or abandon you. I never knew where she had gotten this saying, and it never occurred to me to ask. But the answer came to me in, an, in a most unexpected way, 
and when I really needed to hear those words again. I was in Rio de Janeiro leading a workshop and with a nagging feeling that this trip was going to be my last trip to Brazil as an employee of the family planning place I was working for. I had returned that evening to my hotel room looking forward to sitting on the, on the balcony contemplating the bay. It was dark and I barely could make the silhouettes of the waves or, or the beach. Scared and confused, not knowing what my near future will bring, I was pondering if the decision to quit my job and to go to seminary was the right one. I was also very sad as the many happy moments of freedom and joy I had enjoyed with my three children at home and also at the workplace where I had learned so much, traveled so much, and had grown so much were about to end. Searching for some consolation, you know how sometimes you said, last, last thing that can occur to me, I'll do it in order to get out of this mood. So I decided to open at random the Bible that was on the night table. With my eyes closed, I just opened any page and put my finger, you know, how we do that thing. So <laughs> I was, when I started reading, I could not believe what I had chosen. I couldn't believe it really. Here were the same words my mother used to say so often to me, except that this time it was Yahweh saying them to Joshua, the new leader of the Israelites, who was supposed to bring them to the promised land after Moses' death. I will not fail you or forsake you. Those words helped me that evening in Rio <clears throat> excuse me, to regain my energy and increase my trust in the universe. Day by day, my faith and certainty increases that no one of us is going to be abandoned or forsaken by the infinite web of life. Here at First Parish, we had beautiful and uplifting words which repeated often and acted upon deliberately are transformative. We just recited them this morning in covenant with one another and with all we hold sacred, we answer the call of love. How do we promise to answer that call? Welcoming all people into the celebration of life. This goes perfectly with mi casa es tu casa, my home is your home. Come and celebrate life with us. Come and celebrate with me, with this congregation. Come and share your joys and sorrows. We are here for each other. Practicing proverbs and popular positive sayings in the name of all we hold sacred and being attentive to the call of love is a sure way to elevate secular words and perspectives to the realm of the spiritual and the virtuous. May we have the courage to fade our own, face our own shortcomings before we judge and criticize others. May we have compassion for ourselves to do those things that give us peace of mind and bring unbounded joy to our lives. Amen and blessed be.